Blog Talk Radio. Hathaway, and I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. I'm Marty Oakley, TS Radio Network, and Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB-FM, Lighthouse Christian Radio. Tonight, this is in conjunction with Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Sunday, December 12, 2021, and before I get myself started, I'm going to say hello to my mother in New Hampshire who's listening in. Hi, Mom. I can't wait to see you. Tonight we are starting a new series, and this is with a wonderful couple in Oklahoma that has, for a second time, had their rights taken away from them. It seems that their Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights are being neglected and abused, and their beautiful children are not where they belong in their loving arms. Let's talk about some things that we know. Let's talk about kidnappings are on an even a greater, kidnappings are an even greater concern than homicide. Did you know that? Kidnapping statistics are completely unreliable. Did you know that? The families of most victims do not report the incident for fear of having the victim their child or children killed. That is an article that came from Cornell University. It's pretty sad in this day and age that we actually have to worry about losing your children. Who is most victim to this? Those that have low incomes, but still are amazing parents where no, there's no good reason why the children should be taken from them. Let's clear the air before we begin the show. DHS and DCS have many employees and directors that are doing great things, and I personally do know somebody that does. And yet, it's a painstaking reality, crushing, that at times, children are actually stolen from good families, from loving parents. And this happens to be for profit. We have a major problem that seems to be unspoken in the mainstream media. And kudos to Marty Oakley and TS Radio Network for being the unconventional media that actually allows these kinds of stories to be told. And kudos to you for listening because you do happen to know better, or at least you're curious. So here we are again, 
exposing what most won't hear. So let's set up the let's set up the understanding and understand the show, okay? And the rights that are broken, which in my opinion include kidnapping of two beautiful young boys. We're going to refer to the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment guarantees that the rights of people to be secure both in their person and in their houses, papers, and effects. That makes sense to you, doesn't it? It makes sense to me. The Fifth Amendment, there are five basic provisions in the Fifth Amendment. One, the right to indictment by the grand jury before any criminal charges for felonious crimes. Two, a prohibition on double jeopardy, which you'll find out is, the, is one of the cases in this matter. Three, a right against forced self-incrimination. Four, a guarantee that all have the right to due process. And five, the takings clause. The takings clause, which has to do with the government taking property. Tammy and Reggie Bull feel and have shown me why their Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights have been repeatedly denied in Oklahoma. The story has been told far and wide, but not far enough and not wide enough until these beautiful parents have their children back in their loving home. Now I'd like to introduce to you Tam, uh, Tamson, Tamson and Reggie Bowles. I'm sorry, uh, Tamson, I, pr- I pronounced your name wrong before. How are you? You said Tammy. Yeah, I'm fine. And I, okay, can you hear me? I, I can hear you, but you're a little bit echoey. Are you on speaker? Yeah, yeah there's an echo. No, no I'm not okay. on speaker. You're not on speaker? Okay, are no. you and, and your husband within a certain proximity that might be creating um, an echo, or is that I could get a little further away from him. Let me see if that helps. Let's try that because we want to make it real easy to share what you have to say. Okay, how's that? That's still an echo. Still a little echoey, Marty. What do you think? <laughs> Um, I don't know if she's not on speaker and they're not sitting close together. Um, okay. I don't know why it would be echoing. How's that? Okay. It sounds a little okay. better, right, Marty? Yes. And Marty, actually, while I have you on, I was hoping that you could share some information that you shared with me when I introduced this case to you, um, that uh, you're much more educated in, in this uh, uh, in this title, Title Four, I believe you said it is, or mm-hmm. Title Four, uh, and I'd title like 4G. you to share Title Four G. Yeah. Yes, um, I did look it up a little bit when you shared with me what it sounds like to you, and well, yeah. obviously what this involves, and I was hoping yeah. that you would be able to. Um, just describe to our listeners that don't know uh, more about what this is all about before we actually, uh, I interview Reggie and 
cancer. Okay. Um, I had experience, direct experience with this about 10 years ago, having raised two of my grandchildren. And I had the interference of uh, CPS for no apparent reason other than I had two, and I can say this with an unbiased voice, very beautiful granddaughters um for their they were stunning people would just stop in their tracks and stare at them and anyway i had taken them from georgia back to minnesota where i lived and had gotten custody of them um cps up there dogged us half to death so i of course dug into it and i find out under title 4d is how child support recovery is collected and here a few years ago, um, they claimed that that the um, Social Security program had a shortfall, and it was going to be $1.5 billion of funding that required to keep it solvent. Now, the lie there was that that $1.5 billion went to child support recovery, and that's administered through Social Security, but not part of the Social Security system. And... What that is for is collecting child support payments to the states, uh, bonuses paid to the states, which includes bonuses to workers for collecting DNA and collecting uh, enforced adoptions. Okay. Now you go to Title IV E, and you can see who all is in there. Now this has changed a lot since I dealt with it. A lot of pages have been removed and you know smoothed over. But this is how they're getting funding, and they do collect bonuses, these workers do, for snatching Mm -hmm. kids and Mm -hmm. um, uh, collecting DNA and forced adoptions. There's big money in it. Um, And you can go to it, and I'll look for it. It doesn't just pay the state. It actually pays, Mm -hmm. in some situations, the actual workers themselves. But you know, again, not all of them are bad, but this yeah. is where it is bad, and this right. is—it's very undocumented. That's or that's right. the problem. Nobody really knows the extent of, of where well, it goes. You can go to you can go to a, a page called the Chronicle of Social Change, and it did have a list there of all the states that participate in this funding program. Um, up until 2014, they had. Um, spent over half a billion in federal tax dollars to forcibly adopt children away from their biological families. And those funds are generally awarded into the two fiscal years following the earning year. And so you can only, and they stopped collecting this information in 2014. So you can imagine in the seven years that have transpired how much has been actually awarded. But these people right. do this for a bonus. I personally was in court over my granddaughters for the third time. Uh, they were demanding I have them DNA tested. I refused to submit them for that, got taken to court. And when I pointed out to the judge that the worker was doing this, not because she had any concern about who my girl's dad was, but so that she could add this to their her list and get her bonus. Their this DNA is all done record, Yes, and she would get a bonus for this, and that was her only real interest in anything. And um, But this is how they're making money. There is so much behind-the-scenes federal funding and state funding for them to do this. There's big money in these kids, big money. Mm-hmm. And they happen to go after those that 
aren't necessarily economically right. able to spend $400 an hour on an attorney, you, you right. know, and in Oklahoma, as you know, and I've shared many times, having an attorney in Oklahoma usually doesn't help. You would need to get somebody outside of that corrupt state in many cases um, that is admitted in Oklahoma because yeah. uh, e- even if somebody's a good person uh, and they can't stand what's happening, there's many times when um, a an attorney that goes against the good old boys and girls club uh, that will get disbarred or they'll come up yeah. missing or something like that, uh, which yes, uh, we all know about. So yeah. goodness gracious, this is just not a good situation. And one family going through this is one too many. But ultimately well, you had a good judge. Yes. Um, it's reported that it's alleged that approximately 800,000 children across the country are snatched from their families by CPS, and at least a fourth of them are forcibly adopted out when they actually came from good families. When they and actually came again, from good families, and what do they wind there, up? There again. Many of them yes, wind they, up being beaten. Many of them wind up yeah. being starved. Many of them wind yep. up being murdered, and we do understand those statistics. Yeah. Or sex trafficked. Yes. Yes. yes, sex trafficked. You betcha. And um, Thank you for that statistic, is, Marty, because I was looking yeah. for that earlier, and I wasn't able to find that. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember years ago uh, there was a Senate hearing when Tent Kennedy was still alive, and the CIA was testifying in front of them about the disappearance of children in this country. And this army general spoke up, and you can find this online. And he said, it was a select committee on uh, child trafficking, <laughs> that half the children, fully half, that went missing in this country every year were taken by the CIA. And Kennedy blew up, and he said, for what possible? What? And he said, well, think about it. He said, most of them we get right off of Times Square. He said, they're runaways. And he mm-hmm. said, um, we snatch them. And he said, we're doing you a favor. He said, if we didn't take them and put them to good purpose, he said, they'd just be dregs on society. And oh But goodness. then he bragged about this, that they were snatching these kids. And um, so it's, it, it's a, you mm-hmm. know, I've told people repeatedly who scream about gay people and trans kids, you don't know these people, shut up. And right. The other side of it is they, there's nothing these people could do. All of this stuff about, you know, the LBGQ, whatever that is, being taught in school, I disagree with that. It should not be. Mm-hmm. But okay. these are not the people destroying the American family. The only people with the power to do that is your government, and it's doing mm-hmm. a real fine job. Go ahead. Thank you, Marty. Thank you very much. Stay tuned in and interject anytime you you've feel like it. I appreciate that. You've gone through this situation firsthand. And can I just ask you something uh, before uh, we close out this this part of the conversation is um, it sounds as though you wound up having a good judge that would not condone this behavior of the government, the local government that was trying to take your grandkids. So was that the case? 
Well, what it was was um, when I had gone in, um, of course, this is a tribunal. This is not a court of law. Mm-hmm. People need to understand the difference. The tribunal mm-hmm. follows code and statute, and a court of law follows the law, supposedly. Now, in the tribunal, well, yeah. just as in my situation, they could stand up and levy anything charge they wanted to. Uh, they could make any any statement about my character, anything else without basis, or the kids say they were neglected and abused. Um, no evidence required since they don't follow the rules of evidence or the code of civil procedure. These people can stand up there, these government agents, and say anything, and it's written as if it fell out of the mouth of God. It's entered into the record as fact. They are not asked for evidence, and they rarely, if ever, produce any. And so that person sitting up there calling themselves a judge is not a judge. That's a hearing examiner, a ministerial clerk, or a magistrate. And these are contracted workers. These are not not part of the actual judges, right? No, exactly. They are not judge. And but they misrepresent themselves. And two things: immediately ask if they have an oath of office on file. Most judges even now don't even know it's required. And if they do have, you want to see it immediately. (laughs) Right. Yes. What are the canons? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, this judge called me by my first name, and I told him he did not have permission to call me by my first name. And so then he said, well, he said, you'll call me judge, whatever. And I said, but you're not a judge. That's a fraud. You're a hearing examiner. And I said, judge has a specific meaning. It means you deal with the law, and you don't deal with law. You deal with statute and code. He said, you'll call me judge. I said, you're going to use fake titles. You can call me your majesty. And so we got off on the wrong foot there, but as this progressed, and this worker standing over there, she's talking like a little baby girl, and she said, Your Honor, these girls need to know who their dad really is. And I said, you know, followed that up with what I had to say there. And she came back again, and I told her, I said, if you don't quit talking in that baby voice, I said, I'm going to come over there and slap you upside the head. I said, stop that. That infuriates That's me. That's my Marty. She, she, she dressed me. And, um, well, anyway, as this moved on, and she said, they have it right. I said, no. I said, when they turn 18, if they want to test that out, that's their business. But after what they've been through, I said, if they were to have this done and find out that this is a man that they love, adore, and worship is not their dad, I said, it, it would destroy them. And so I brought up this thing about collecting these bonuses. And she went, oh. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I had printed it off. Now, these pages have since disappeared off the net, but I'll find where they stashed them. And mm-hmm. Well, it's so my I, understanding, 4000 at least some, somewhere for a child, it, as long as it is fostered out to a non-family member, 6000 right. for a disabled child. Um, yes. And there are reports that workers actually get bonuses. And yes. what I want to know is these doctors that help make these decisions to go the pre-planned way is um, I'm wondering if DHS or DCF is the only one that they actually work for or do they actually see 
uh, other families? Or are they so darn busy kidnapping children and taking them away? away? This is where it happens, where it goes wrong. And it, once again, this is not targeted at the good individuals that work in the department that help children and families, okay? This is not that. This is targeted. This show is exposing where okay. it doesn't, and we want to solve a problem now, don't we? Yeah. You know, and you're so damned to, if you do, and you're damned to, Go ahead. Go to Title Four e uh, of the Social Security Act, and that matches the cost of foster care services and adoption subsidies with state agencies, and that'll give you your money trail. Who's doing what? And um, you have to run this stuff down to find out who all the players actually are in it, who all is profiting, whether it's through bonuses, funding, grants, whatever it is. It'll tell you who came after you and why. It's money. Money. There's money in those mm-hmm. children. They didn't get mine, but too bad. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, well, they were but, barking up the wrong tree, and they knew it, Marty. Yeah, and, yeah so, but, uh, yeah, try Title Four e and with that, I will back out, and you go ahead, Tanya. Okay, thank you. You know, it, it just seems as though, before I, I bring on uh, Tamsin and Reggie, uh, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't when you're in front of that tribunal, because did you know that the moment that you stand up when you're told to, when you walk, when the judge walks into that room, you are, in essence, conceding to being a part of that tribunal. You're giving permission for that to be precedent over anything else that you might have to share with them where your rights have been infringed upon. Um, I'm a big believer in constitutional law trumps every. Thing because you can have bad decisions that are being made that people use as precedent, bad rulings, bad orders that become a, a part of a, of, of a precedent and gets used over and over and over again, which is in total perversion with our Constitution and your constitutional rights, such as your Fourth and your Fifth Amendments. We're hearing a lot about the Fourth and Fifth Amendments regarding the border and illegal immigration and whatnot, (laughs) but we need to understand that that's not all that it's about. That's not all that it's about at all. And so when you're going to try to state your case and defend the fact that you need your children back after they've been taken illegally from you without due process, that um, I'm a big believer in using constitutional law and found that out the hard way. Uh, And so you can certainly uh, cite statutes and and, and whatnot that are in line with constitutional law. And I'm no attorney, don't pretend to be one, so I do not hold any responsibility. I'm not giving advice at all. Uh, But I'm a big believer in the fact that you always, always at least cite constitutional law. And then if you can cite a statute that is in line with the Constitution, that's all well and fine. But make whoever you're up against try to defend where they're breaking your constitutional right. Because that is the law of the land. 
Tamsin, how are you tonight? Reggie, how are you tonight? Thank you so much for joining us. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. could be better, but I'm all right. Sure. You know, you'll be better when you get your kids back. And from talking with you, you're not going to give up until you do. And, uh, Reggie, I, I listened to you and your wife on a uh, on the one po- other podcast that you did, although I know there are a good many articles um, where your story has been told, that you're not going to give up until you get your kids back. No. So you're still fighting. And, Tamsin, um, um, I'm going to ask you to just quickly summarize. So this is going to be a series for our listeners, okay? And also, listeners, I'd like you to know that this family is looking for help. They're not too proud. They're open-minded. They are willing to listen to what you have to say. They're willing and hoping that there's somebody listening that might have a viable solution. We've already talked about some plans that we're we're putting together, but nobody knows what's going to happen until it actually happens. So listeners, please have your hearts open, your minds open, your connections open. Um, So, Tamsin, can you please just summarize what has happened to you and your children, your family uh, over the last several years, and then we are going to, because this is a series, we are going to go through your story one step at a time. It might take two shows. It might take three shows. And then it's going to take some updates because we're not going to give up on you. All right. 2016. It started in 2016 when I was at the hospital and I gave birth, and I was weird. I was anemic. Correct? Yes. And it was a uh, scheduled C-section. I was weak. I was anemic, and so I was needing a lot of extra help. Reggie was home with our toddler, our older son, and uh, to make a long story short on that that, uh, time, I... Had um, sorry, I wasn't that prepared. Uh, okay. That's okay. We just we're gonna okay. we're going to we're going to go through this detail, but but I just want to know, like, I want our listeners to know. I can can I share that, and then we can get into the story. They they have had yeah. their children taken from them twice. Okay. In 2016, their children were taken away from them for no good reason. They were able to get the children back in, when was that? Uh, Toward the end of 2016, but they were still under, we were still under uh, DHS's jurisdiction until the, I mean, for the following three months with the kids home, and then they closed the case. That was March of 2017 that they closed the case. And so okay. we had no problems, actually, until about November of 2019 when they came around again. I'm going to have to interrupt you. How close to each other okay. are you right now with your separate phones? We're at a, uh, we're at a little bit of a distance. A little bit of a distance. 
Okay. Um, let me try to get it further away. Um, okay. Yeah, and if, if, if that's the case, because I can hear Reggie pretty well without an echo. Um, Tamsin, I'm hearing quite an echo with you, and I want to make sure that uh, we can hear you perfectly fine without that echo. And if that if that means that one that your phone gets shut off and you can snuggle up close to your husband and uh, and you can both share when you're you know however you want, uh, that's fine too. I I just want to try to do this without the echo tonight. This is very important. Okay, how's that's still there. Hold on one moment. Okay. Okay. Still there. It's still a little bit of an echo, but it's, I don't think it's quite as bad. So let's let's try. Let's try. See how it goes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, okay. So you got it. Right, so now. where were we? Yeah. Okay. So we're summarizing. Yeah. Okay, you got your children yeah. back, and, and then. Go ahead. November of yeah, November of 2019. Um, they they came. There was one social worker that came to the door because of a neighbor reporting something. And we um, actually exercised our rights at the door right there. I mean, she wanted to talk to us, and she was just by herself. It, it wound up that they took your children away a second time. Yeah, because they came back. Because she came back, she came back January 10th of 2020 with other workers in the Tulsa Police Department, and uh, they harassed us and stalked us all day long. Mm-hmm. And okay, we'll, um, get into the de- we'll get into the details. I want to know for our listeners. You know, the, the, I want them to know that your children were taken away from you. This is the second time, mm-hmm. and that you were mm-hmm. given criminal charges. You were manhandled by the Tulsa Police Department while no, uh, the, uh, the Tulsa the Tulsa County Sheriff's Department is one who manhandled me and arrested me. Yes. yes, for obstruction of justice. Okay, so obstruction, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and some uh, other charges, uh, yeah, obstruction. Right, right. Yeah. And so and three other charges, right yes. now, mm-hmm. y- your children have been taken away from you both. They never considered, if they thought that you were not capable, which it's, from what I have learned, it certainly appears that you are capable of raising your children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They never mm-hmm. considered the fact that your husband is too. And uh, and that you've been without your children, although you do have weekly to a weekly visit twice a week for how long? Um, that's been off and on actually uh, since it began. We were getting three for a while, and then it then they gave us a lame excuse to go back down to two. We were getting some video visits for a while. I don't know. They played around with the visits a lot, but. Right now they're uh, okay. giving us. Right now it's two visits a week, and uh, we want more, but they don't. They they seem to be playing games with that too. So they're supervised visits. Uh, if you want to call it that, I mean the worker's on the phone looking at. I mean he knows this is all wrong, but uh, yeah, we. Okay. I mean you could call it that. I mean if that's just what they call it. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how long do you have with your children each each visit? Usually about an hour and a half, I think an hour and a half, I think. 
Okay. And then how do your children respond to seeing you and actually having to leave? They love it here. They love it. They love time with mama and daddy and they don't want to leave. Okay. Okay. And your children right now are with somebody that you happen to know that you feel they're in safe hands with other than the fact that, and correct me if I'm wrong, other than the fact that uh, they have different beliefs than you do regarding vaccination and, and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say okay. so. Okay. All right. So, Reggie. Uh, Thank you for being on here tonight, too. Uh, I appreciate it. And I'm so sorry to both of you that you're going through this. And I would imagine that as you have been going through this and as your story is becoming spread far and wide, that you're hearing from others uh, that can concur with things that are happening to you that have happened to them as well. I haven't asked you this before, uh, Tamson um, and Reggie, this is our first time talking, so it's nice to meet you. But is that the case? Are you hearing from other people? So you know that you're not alone. And oh, yeah, there's a lot of stories problem. out there, a lot of horror stories. And uh, like I was talking to one guy that had been associated with this case earlier, and I said, if I hadn't been going through this myself, you know, it would be hard to believe what I've seen and the mm-hmm. violations that, that's occurred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe it. It's like, yeah, I mean, sometimes people will, will, will they'll roll their eyes. It's like, ah, oh, there's got to be more to this story than that or whatever. You would you think know, so but, until I, if I hadn't seen mm-hmm. and heard what I've heard. I mean, the way mm-hmm. I explain it to people, I used to take it from the beginning uh, when they first took them the second time around. Now I'm taking them from, uh, the adjudication backwards and explaining to them that way about the violations and the, where our rights have been violated. But, you know, I'm sure there's many rights I'm not even aware of, but we've covered, mm-hmm. we basically we have seven points of law showing where they've been violated, and I keep it down to the main four that I know of. Okay, and what are those main four that you know of? Main four, when we got the final judgment at, from the adjudication trial, they changed our sworn testimony. They said in the... Excuse me? They changed their sworn testimony? They changed, they changed our sworn testimony. That's right. We've been trying to get the actual transcripts to prove that for over a year now. Okay. They changed uh, the uh, testimony. Okay. Yeah, good, good luck Excuse with me? that. Good luck with that. Yeah. When you yeah. get them back, you might, you might. I'm not saying you will. Yeah, we've been working on it. Supposedly the, the latest lawyer I had. It's the fourth lawyer I've had this year, by the way. Just okay. when they get uh, used to the trial, they change them. I mean, used to the case, they change them on me. Yeah. Once again, Oklahoma. The best, the best now, bet they, is somebody what, outside actually, of Oklahoma. What they changed was they said that it? we minimize the child's weights. And the fact of the matter is we have never minimized the child's weights. We have always maintained that the children's weights were fine, as proven by the ER report. And remember the ER report, because I'll come back to that again and again, as proven by the ER report and the chart from the WHO and the CDC that both boys were well within their weight for their age group. Okay, so then let's, then let's, okay, now let's start at the beginning, and you can both chime in however you want to and wherever you want to. This, so your neighbor was the reason why, or the, um, or the heads up, you know, I say that with some 
you know, rolling my eyes myself under after understanding what you guys have been through and the lack of legitimate reasons for taking your children from you and 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 taking you from your children, which is what this is really all about. It's supposed to be the bar is set so high that when a child is removed or children are removed from their parents, it has to be in the best interest of the child, knowing that removing children from parents is quite traumatizing in a loving family situation. Um, so that it's always supposed to be in the best interest of the children. But what your neighbor had called in, and that was for the second time. She never called in for the first time? No. No, we never met her before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have, how old are your children right now? My oldest son is seven, and my youngest son is five. Okay. So when... They've been going for two years now. That breaks many hearts, I'm sure, and yours more than anybody's. So this problem started when you were in the hospital, Hampson, and you were giving birth, and you were anemic, and you were struggling Mm -hmm. with being able to properly feed your child, or why don't you let our listeners know exactly what happened? Yes, you're talking about 2016. I was weak, and... I needed extra help from the nurses. Reggie was home with our toddler because the hospital at that time was unclear about their overnight uh, staying policy for uh, toddlers. So he he was there when I gave birth, but he uh, stayed home with the toddler. Uh, he was home most of the rest of the time with the toddler, so with Nigel. So sure, sure. Uh, I gave so I gave so after so I'm in the hospital just like with like aftercare or whatever you call it with Timogen, our younger one. And, yeah, I'm needing a lot of extra help. And to make a long story short, so we ended up getting out that. are Nigel and Sebastian? Uh, yeah, our, and our younger one is Sebastian, but we call him by Sebastian. his middle name, Imogen. Imogen? So, uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. So... So to make a long story short, it ended up getting out that I uh, that we don't vaccinate, and uh, I mean even even with our older one, and uh, that we hadn't taken him to a doctor in a long time. I mean, as in wellness check. And uh, and to make a long story short, they I mean DHS ended up just a little too much right now. Maybe I can do. Well, we believe okay, it helps Reggie a little again. bit when you talk a little quieter. Okay. This is Reggie again. We believe why they were taken the first time that they were vaccinated against our will. And because of that, okay. our eldest son uh, was vaccine injured and uh, got brain damage autism. That's huge. I just want to make sure our listeners heard this. So yes. the first time your children were taken from you. Taken, we believe they were vaccinated sure. against our will. Okay. We have reason to believe that, and the and our eldest child. And we're came talking down. about the childhood vaccinations that typically, you know, I mean, I, 
that typically, you know, are, are standard care, part of the well-child visit, but your purpose for not going to the well-child visit wound up being because you kept on being harassed because you didn't yes, feel that vaccination. Yes, it became a similar line for vaccination. Okay. We actually lost one okay. uh, doctor because of he wouldn't treat us anymore because we wouldn't do that. And everywhere we'd go, no matter who it was, they were always pushing for it. And there's actually a, quite a large group of people that, you know, uh, that don't believe in vaccinations, and that is your right. You are yes. within your right to not vaccinate your children. And there's, you know, and you have such a high rate of autism. And the first time they took them, they put that on the petition. One of the reasons for taking the children is actually on there. It said because we did not believe in vaccination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's on the petition. So now, that's that completely illegal. There's no law in Oklahoma or national that we have to vaccinate them. Yet that's on the petition for one of the reasons for taking the children. Okay, but you have to vaccinate them if they were going to go to, and as the children are five and seven now, it would be more, uh, you know, it would be more pertinent. Um, if the children no, no, were going to school. No, have to vaccinate. Even you know, if you, they you go to public school? You send them to school. If you're sending them to school, you do not have to vaccinate here in Oklahoma. Okay, okay. Well, they have three different that, exemptions but you have... that you can get. Okay. Okay, Medical, and you fit into one of those. Philosophical and religious, I believe. Okay, okay. So, but even that being said, you've chosen to homeschool, right? And kudos yeah. to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, so, the, so you're in the, she was in the hospital. She, they, uh, so she had a C-section. Right, which is, and the second operation. was a C-section as well, but the first C-section, she was uh, physically exhausted, and they tried to make that look like she had a mental, a mental breakdown, but she was physically exhausted, and she was asking mm-hmm. for extra help from the nurses, and they didn't want to give it. I guess that was interfering with their smoke breaks. By the way, Reggie, it's my understanding that you're a veteran, and I want to say yes, thank I you am. for your service. You're welcome. So this is how they treat Oklahomans yeah, this and is veterans. how they treat disabled veterans. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she had a C-section for the first one. Mm-hmm. Felt that she was not capable of. She was exhausted, and she needed extra help yeah. from the nurses, you know, for uh, the feeding and stuff like that. Like she, she was anemic. She needed to eat her food before she could deal with the baby. Oh. She's selfish. She wants to eat before she does the baby. Well, she's anemic. She's trying to get her strength up. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So and they use that as an excuse. And, you know, one thing led to another. And then they, um, while they're, we're doing that over here, they want to check on my child, the eldest child. So they check on him and they take him in for a wellness check. And they say he's below his weight which I still have serious doubts of uh, that even then. I know this time around he was not below his weight, neither was the other one, but they said this time he was, you know, below his weight of the chart where he should be. And then Mm -hmm. they also said on the petition they could neither walk nor talk, which was a lie. We had a video taken about a week before. He wasn't Mm -hmm. talking real well, but he talked and he walked just fine. But on the petition they said Mm -hmm. our other show could neither walk nor talk. So having dealt with them before, when they came around to talk to us this time, we knew who and what they were, and we had we wanted no dealing with them. So we just do uh, you feel that the court did not allow? 
okay, so do you feel that the courts did not allow you to uh, prove, to show that their petition was not credible? No, because they uh, said my lawyer at that time said, if you go on this end, the, um, I, he said, I've dealt with family court for years, and this won't go. go you know, try, he said, if you try to fight it constitutionally, you can get yourself another lawyer. Oh, that's what your first lawyer said? Yes, that's what first lawyer said. And what happened was, instead of going to trial, they made a deal with us. We didn't have to sign anything. If we would go to certain classes and uh, be under their jurisdiction for a few months, they'd give us our children back. And they made and that decision back, like that. That's my wife to be sure about a week before trial. This is the first time around. Okay. So we never went to trial and, or so anything. That's how you, we just, okay. Excuse me, go ahead. And that's how you got your children back the first time. You were like, yeah, fine, we'll do whatever it takes. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we, weren't, we, wouldn't have, we didn't agree to just anything, but they made it pretty simple it seemed like so we could bring the children home and they they knew where we stood on certain things so uh we were just under their jurisdiction and then eventually with the kids home i mean while the kids have been home for like three months they uh, they closed the case okay okay all right my goodness all right so you were enjoying your family, having your children back. Were you still under mm-hmm. any kind of supervision of No. No, 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 no. Once that, the case closed, that was, that was, that was it. Was or DCF, this is Department of Health and Human Services that is doing this, which I would have thought was beyond their reach um, because I have heard of in the past DCF doing this, but this is DHS. These are the people that are supposed yeah. to be it's, it's kind of, it's kind of the two wings of the same bird. I agree with you. I agree now that I see well, it. Both time, well, both times, both times it started with CPS, and then it went over to permanency, which is just DHS. I mean, it's, all, it's still DHS, even with CPS, but it went over to permanency, just straight out, out of CPS jurisdiction. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. It, it does, even though okay. it doesn't make sense because it's inadequate. Oh, I know. I mean, it's not correct. Oh, I know. I know. Yes. Well, one of the I, know. I was just talking yeah. about the way they run. Well, yeah. One of the problems that I talked right. about no, my lawyers see CPS, they have, uh, they have judges and district attorney's office that will basically sign any paper they're handed by CPS. <laughs> if they're handed that paper, they'll okay. sign it. And they can okay. purge themselves openly in court, openly on a sworn affidavit. And it's obvious, the judge obviously knows they perjured himself. The DA knows they perjured himself, and they're never called for it. My goodness. Just okay. like I said, the, the ER report that we got that uh, we turned to again and again shows that they perjured himself on the sworn affidavit. Shows that they perjured himself in court. And if we hadn't gone and got the ER report ourselves, it never would have seen the light of day. It was not in discovery, which it should have been. So I also maintain that the DA's office was trying to withhold evidence. And so they were saying that your children were, okay, so the second time around, they were saying that your children, all right, so let's move on. We'll jump, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go forward now to the mm-hmm. second time around. And, and yes, I know we they came on and off. Yeah, so when they came in 2020, 
So let's talk about how that began. You've got your children back. You're living your happy life. Um, your, your children are being loved by you. There's no abuse going on. There's no record of abuse other than the abuse of the DHS four years earlier or three and a half years earlier, whatever it is. Um, of course, the courts won't call it abuse. DHS won't call it abuse. Um, but there's a time and place, and this was not the time and place, to remove children from your home. And so, you, Reggie, you're at the store, right? I'm and at the then, store, and the police and CPS show up at our back door, which is glass at the time. And they're trying door, to. Uh, yeah, our back door, not our front door. Although I've looked at videos since then, it looks like there was also, I looked into the front window from the back door, looks like there was also a couple of police at the front. And it looks like they may have tried the door. It looks like they went that direction and tried to get in, but it was locked. Oh. Yeah, okay. well, they, when they were at the door talking to Tamsin, they told her that uh, she, they did not need a warrant and she didn't have the right to and an attorney. And if she didn't open the door and talk to CPS, they were going to arrest her. So they told For her child that they did not need a yeah. warrant to enter your home. You're that's what your, that's exactly your, what they thought, and we property. have it on video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't there at the time, so I didn't get involved in that until later. I was at the store. I came right. back, got in. The, the police were no longer there, but CPS was. I got in, and I wasn't talking to CPS. I was busy. I, you know, I'd gotten dinner. I'd go fix it for him because if this is all going to go down, I'm gonna, we're going to eat before everybody gets taken away or whatever is going to happen. And in the mm-hmm. meantime, while this is going on, I was also in touch with a lawyer we know. I was on, on Facebook on the Messenger, messaging him back and forth, getting advice for him and telling him what's going on and asking for advice on how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And so, but she, finally, but she, so they, they took action then. Uh, uh, they took additional action after uh, Tamsin was well aware that they could not just enter the house without... Right. Additional authority. So they finally, right? after about a, a whole day, they got, um, they couldn't enter. So they, basically, they, the police told them we won't act. My understanding, we wouldn't act until they got a, a writ and a court order. And then finally, near the end of the day, they got a writ and a court order from the, the signed off by the judge, signed off by the DA, no proof whatsoever, no video, no photographs, no nothing, just on their word, signed off. They signed off on it, so they now have supposedly the legal right to come into the house, and if we don't open the door, they'll break it down. Okay. So they, they got so, a sworn affidavit saying it said several things, but the main thing it said the children look malnourished, and they have have dark circles around their eyes. Now, both these things were disproven now, by the ER report. Describe your neighbor to me, because describe your neighbor. What on earth would make her think this? And and I don't know what her problem is. If she was off her meds, or she had a misunderstanding because of uh, you know, because we spent a lot of time indoors. We had an autistic child, so we may be up at all times of the night dealing with autistic child. She probably she had nothing better to do it seems than watch our front door twenty and our window twenty four seven. Mhm. No, yeah, the no, nosy neighbor with nothing else nosy to do, neighbor, yeah. um, trying to judge she you. She doesn't know what's okay. going on. She never asked us about it. And the kids are fine. They're healthy. 
um, my old child has autism, but besides that, you know, like when it's and you believe the that it's from the vaccination. Okay. Okay. So they're high in And then when they finally got not Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, when so they their height and weight the, uh, is within a healthy enough range. They, they cannot be called malnourished or neglected. No, correct? they can't because they, like I said, at the ER report showing both wealth and their weight for the age group, they touch all the other things of physical colors. You couldn't take and you, brought the colors. you couldn't take any kid off the street of Tulsa just at random and pass it as well as our kids did. I mean, we it just passed everything. And when we first went over the ER report, when we got the ER report and went – Got, uh, St. Francis tried to keep us from getting it. It took us about a week to get it. Um, my wife's lawyer at the time said, you're not a doctor and you won't understand. And besides, they'll show up in Discovery anyway. Well, it did not show up in Discovery. If we hadn't got it, it would never seen the light of day. But we got it, and we went over it. And it looked so good. I mean, we could not believe it's so much in our favor, and it's still full of stunt like that. Right. So we Liam took Dunk, it to there's a your case. Fam- Drop it, right? Yeah. Say what? Okay. That's your case. Slam dunk. Yeah, it exactly. We took the ER report saying. to a doctor and had him look at it and see if it said exactly what we thought it said. And mm-hmm. he said, yes, mm-hmm. it shows the children are healthy, good shape, and well-nourished. Mm-hmm. And it says exactly what I thought it said. It didn't have nothing in there about dark circles. They're not malnourished in any way. And also, I went, you know, I talked to the doctor, and he was talking to me about possible case reasons for autism. But he said, my, in my opinion, this is vaccine injury. Mm-hmm. And now, have you ever seen a record of the vaccination? No. Uh, here in Oklahoma, we went over that. They do not have to keep records of vaccinations here. Oh, wonderful. So they can easily be over-vaccinated as well. Oh, that's just exactly. fine and dandy. And you never that? know about it. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, and the reason they, okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. Okay, I was going to say the reason that they were at the ER, when they came to the door on January, let me back up, let me backtrack, because November, when she came, this is, this is Kirstie Hilton with CPS. She came to our door by herself in late November of 2019, Wanting to talk to us about the children, we said no. This is evidently after the neighborhood called on us. And we said no. And then again, and like I said, January 10th, we didn't hear anything until from any of them, until from anybody, until January 10th, 2020. She came to the door with other CPS workers and the Tulsa Police Department while Reggie was at the store. They were going to try to get us to the same doctor, I mean, to go to the same doctor that had her hand in the 2016 unlawful taking of our children. This is Sarah Passmore. Yeah, I'll, Sarah Passmore. I'll say something about Sarah Passmore. Our dealings with her before, what we have studied and know about her now and her dealings with her this time around, she is their go-to pediatrician. You give her a child, she'll give you a case. And I hope she hears this, hears this uh, on, I hope she does on the too. air, and I hope she sues me. I'd love to take, you know, take me to court. I dare you to see me, Passmore. Right. Wouldn't you love that? Because if she wants yeah. to try to prove anything that because disparaging about her, her and there you are get people, to prove there are that there's plenty. Who would be in jail and prison today 
if her medical expertise had not been proven no good in court. Yes, she's the, still the go-to person for CPS here in Tulsa County. Okay. All right. Can you spell out her name? What is her name again, Sarah? Give mm-hmm. it to them, Tansen. Passport? P-A-S-S-M-O-R-E. M-O-R-T. Sarah Passmore. No, M-O-R-E. Passmore. P-A-S-S-M-O-R-E. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. That's that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where they wanted to take the take the boys, and of course we said no. So by the time that they got the boys out of the home. Uh, that evening, uh, she had evidently gone to bed. I mean, something. And so they, that's why they took them to the ER for a medical check where they passed all their, like, like Reggie said, passed all their tests with flying colors, and, and it was proven perjury was committed to get in our door. And, and so, um, I mean, all, all I can say is I'm so grateful that you have that for the record because, uh, you know, yeah, you, because you never know lawyer, how much it's going to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even um, though they went to the ER, they were still, insist- they were still insisting that they, that they be seen by passport. That was four days later when we hadn't even seen them. They didn't even know where they were. I was in jail. Um, so. How long were you in jail? I, I, I didn't work. Work. <laughs> <Any> night. <laughs> How many nights? Three. Three. Yeah. I mean, uh, the back Friday, Friday up until Tuesday morning. Okay, so you wound up in, in jail. They took you to jail because they were mm-hmm. banging on your door. They were threatening certain things. You were scared. Mama bear kicks in. You know that uh, your kids were taken away from you the first time. And and now yeah, well, I, I ran to the bedroom to call Reg, but then later on, hours and hours later, when they had already passed off the when they had already passed off the um, when they had, had been passed off from the Tulsa Police Department to the Sheriff's Office. Yeah, that's what my that's when they in here. The Tulsa Police refused to act on the written court order. It's in discovery. They refused mm-hmm. to act on it and told CPS to get the Sheriff's Department to do it for them. Yes. Well, that's kudos to Tulsa PD. Yeah, well, see, the reason they did that, they knew they were on shaky legal ground, and their earlier actions in the day it probably made them lose qualified immunity. But, but okay. with that, then they told them, okay, here's how you can get around the law. You get the sheriff's department to do it for you. That's undiscovered, so we know that for a fact. So the sheriff's department mm-hmm. did the dirty work. Okay. The sheriff's yep, department did the dirty work because they're a bunch of order yeah. and they don't question who, what, and why, here's the paper, Come, we're going to get you. Well, and, you know, okay, so then the kudos don't need to go to T- no, TPD because, to, I mean, no, I'm, I'm aware of many reasons why it shouldn't go to them, but if I could give them a pat on the back, I was willing to do it. So, yeah. all right, yeah, thank I'm, you for doing that. well, I'll call it out when it gets bad, I'll call it out too. So I can't, you know, give them any mm-hmm. kudos for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. then yeah. the air is cleared. So okay, that's fine. So they were just yeah. cowards, in other words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then, 
Oh, yeah, so we didn't know where they were. Yeah, I was in jail from Saturday, no, I'm sorry, Friday night till Tuesday afternoon. Are you able to hear okay. me? Okay, and how were you treated while you were in jail, by the way? Oh, um, well, overall not terribly bad, but the thing is, I, yeah, I was there from Friday night till Tuesday afternoon, and Tuesday morning is when the uh, the hearing I needed to be was, and I tried to make sure that I would get there, and they took their time getting me there. So, here I am scared of what, I mean, I knew Reggie could talk with I didn't know what they could do since I'm not there. I think you'll add that if you're talking with a lower voice. Try to talk with a little okay. lower voice because I want to hear your words. Okay. Um, but I think you'll okay. add a little less if you do that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. So, did you I make it what to the I hearing time? The, okay. So no. You, you I didn't get there at all. They right told now. me. Okay. They told me I. You did not. They ended up telling me that I. What? That you did not make it to the hearing. Yeah, I didn't make it to the hearing. They told me actually that I didn't have to go. That Reggie said that uh, the judge demanded that the jail get me over there. So. But they told me that I didn't have to go. That I ended up not having to go. I think they, the jail was playing games with my hearing. I mean, with my my set okay. hearing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're being lazy or they're just in cahoots. Okay. I think they were, they may have been in on it, to be honest. Right. I'm being brutally honest. Sure. That's just sure. what it looked well, like. There's enough reason oh, yeah, and the warden, because. even, or whatever she is, the guard uh, that was running around that morning, that make, making the rounds that morning, uh, for me, I mean, on that Tuesday morning, uh, and it had been uh, already set that I needed to get up to go to a hearing. Uh, and then the guard didn't know what was going on. I tried to tell her, and she acted kind of like I was crazy or something. And then finally, so you she was not, nice. You were not able saying, to okay, you're defend right. yourself against your confused, uh, against your accusers. So you were not until the very next day because I bonded out. Not until the very next day because I bonded out uh, later that day. But I mean later that afternoon. But then I went the next day, and even then it was all a joke basically. I mean. They just treated us like, well, you know how it is. So there's a pattern. In other words, it was just like a well-oiled machine that's done this before, um, mm-hmm. and they were going to do it to you. Mine made up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they were they were bound determined to get the kids to Dr. Passmore. Um, the reason that actually she came back that – Kirstie came back on Jan- with, the, with the others on January 10th. When she came on November, in November of 2019, uh, when we didn't talk to her, what she did in between the time of November and January 10th, what she did was go without our consent, check our kids' medical records. That's when they realized that kids hadn't been to uh, wellness checks in a while. So because of that and because they're reportedly looking underweight by that neighbor, evidently. Um, they came back. is the key word, allegedly. allegedly yes, reportedly, yes, reportedly. But, yes, right. reportedly. And so, so with those factors in place, they came back with just a referral on January 10th and with the police department to try to get us, to try to scare us into taking the kids to Passmore. Okay. But we had to exercise so, our right, of course. 
It's a reggae. Them, uh, Were they uh, ultimately brought to Dr. Passmore? Yes. Yeah, four days later, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that okay. Christy, yeah. <laughs> who was the one, one of the main workers that got the kids, and she was the one who snatched Timogen up at the end of it all, she was the one who signed off on the ER report. She signed off on it, saying that that's, for CPS, we agree with the ER report. She signed off on it. And then in court, she put herself, she said, I believe that you looked around there and it had dark circles in their eyes. Our lawyer points out this is not what the ER report says. And she says, well, I guess we have a difference of opinion. But she's the one who signed off on the ER report. Okay, so, and what is her name again? Kirsten, do you have her full name? The last name, Hilton. Christy Hilton, and she is Hilton. with, mm-hmm. and CPS. she is with DHS. No well, CPS, CPS. Or yeah. CP- and she's CPS. the one who okay. signed off on the ER report. Okay, so and then listeners, she still says and I know we have a very large audience. Yes, that's nowhere to be found in the ER report. Yes, she signs off on the ER report for CPS, saying that they agree with the ER report. Okay, so um, Sarah Passmore is one name. If there's anybody listening right now that has gone through anything like this with Sarah Passmore, um, feel free to reach out to me on Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed on the Facebook page. You can messenger me, okay? Uh, and as well as if anybody has dealt with Christy Hilton with CPS. Kirsty, Feel free. Kirsty, hey. I'm Oh, what is it, Kirsty? Kirsty, not Christy. Kirsty. Kirsty Hilton. Uh, yeah. CPS, feel mm-hmm. free to reach out to me once again at uh, under the Facebook page. You can messenger me, Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed. And let's see if we can uh, find others that have gone through this uh, with these also, people. Also, another thing, and the person who signed off on the sworn affidavit, we have no proof that she was even there that night. None of the workers okay. we know are, are met or associated with there that day that signed off on it. Some workers signed off on the on the sworn affidavit. We don't even know that if she was actually there that evening. And well, what did that sworn affidavit say? It said that the children looked malnourished and they had dark circles around their eyes, which was disproven right. by the ER report. Right. And still... That was what was sworn they, to. See... And that same thing sworn to by Kirsty in court and sworn by this worker on the sworn affidavit. Both of these are perjury. We can prove it by the ER report. The court knows this, and they completely disregard our evidence. Is it on the record, however? Yes. It's even on the record that they disregard our evidence. Because you you do know it's very important to get anything and everything on the record while you're going through these proceedings because you cannot yeah. go into, uh, not to try to predict the future, but you cannot go into the appeals court with anything oh, that's other it. They, than They messed is, up our appeal. They made sure we couldn't appeal. The judge did not ask our lawyer if, we were, if she planned to appeal. Our lawyer was just trying to bail out of the case because uh, our money was used up. And they purposely made uh, assigned our new lawyers to us too late to do the appeal. We tried to do it on our own. We handed in everything, and it was still denied for technical reasons. And because this is what was not a uh, what that trial, adjudication. Yeah, it was, this is not. Oh, a, it's adjudication, not termination. It was not. A, it was adjudication, not termination. So the Supreme Court denied it. Oh, 
denied the appeal. It's messed up. Okay, but if you did not have good uh, the, the proper amount of timing, then you know inadequate counsel. You know, if they weren't able to do something fast enough, you would think might be a part of a defense um, for another shot at that. But yeah, they get where you is it now? Because we're going to continue for you to do so. I'm yes, I understand. I understand, Even, uh, and I know that you're not. They, I've had three lawyers this year signed to me. Now I'm on my fourth. The third lawyer was very disappointed because he looked at all the facts. And he said, I would love to have taken this on appeal. Because just the facts we had lined up, it was almost like a slam dunk on appeal, for appeal. So I can see why they made sure we couldn't appeal. Well, I, I would like to think that that third lawyer that would have loved to have taken that on, their, on appeal would find a reason to argue that it should be taken on appeal. If well, you think so, but he, right. uh, very, uh, after that one time, he, the last time he was in court, he was with me. My wife didn't have a lawyer's time because her lawyer had quit. And so then when I'm sending stuff back and forth to him, he very soon gives back to me. The next thing I know, I have a new lawyer. Yeah, it is two separate attorneys, yes. Okay. All right. And, Tamsin, when is your criminal hearing? I have a trial coming up uh, April. They, they uh, rescheduled the trial I had coming up like last, like a couple months ago, and then they rescheduled for April. Okay. So you have a hearing, uh, a trial for right. obstruction, uh, uh, obstruction, and what else is it called? There's obstruction, resisting arrest, and two Two counts of assaulting an officer, even though it's uh, deputies, but uh, assault, assault, assaulting okay, did officers. You, did you assault an <laughs> officer or a deputy? I most certainly did not. They manhandled me in front of both my innocent, defenseless children. In the report, they said she tried to bite them, but funny enough, in the video, that's nowhere to be found. Okay. So once again, if we just went by the police reports and not by a video, we would have nothing showing that she did not try. There's nowhere on there. And now the guy's saying, well, you know, it was covered by my rain jacket. Well, <laughs> then, then it's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the things people say, the things people do, and mm-hmm. I, I believe at this point, I get the feeling that this is just to save face. And, and uh, oh, yeah. you they, know, they, if, they, they, if they had their I brothers mean, about them, they'd just drop the case. But they can't now because they've got too much vested in it. Right. I mean, even the uh, uh, sheriff's deputy was watching me the whole time. So, you know, if I'd tried to go in there and assist my wife, I'd probably been shot. I mean, he, he looked ashamed the whole time. Like, he's, he didn't want to be there. Oh, my goodness. And they, okay. they pushed it from well, the get-go. I mean, they escalated from the front door into when they going in there. It's like they wanted to either rest or more, both of us. I didn't make any moves to allow them to do anything to me. And basically, you know, it's, it's pretty much on video what went down, but it, it's a shame. It's just like, you know, they're just Are you able uh, to share takers. that video by any chance? Say what? 
Are you able to share clips of that video publicly by any chance? Could we? I mean, I don't see one. It shouldn't be a problem. I mean, all right. Well, we'll talk. Or the no, we'll talk. Okay. So okay. Um, we are coming up to the end of uh, tonight's show, uh, listeners. I'm going to ask you to tune back in. And Marty, are you there? Because I want to ask. I yes. know that Marty, like, we take a pause as of next. Sunday, right? So we're not going to have a show yeah. next Sunday until when? Right. January. Okay, so we're about on pause the until the... Yeah. yeah, let me say something about the sharing of that video. Many of these bogus courts now are saying if you share this kind of thing publicly, you cannot introduce it as evidence because it's... Is it already introduced as evidence? Yes. Okay, then you okay. should be all right. But if you had, okay. yeah, I was Thank just going to work it. This is what they're doing. Well, but that's yeah, the sheriff's right. video was introduced to evidence. But our video with the police that we got after the uh, appellate hearing was never has never been introduced as evidence. Okay. All right. So this is part one of two or three yet to be determined part series, and we will be continuing with the update thereafter as we continue this quest to get your children back where they belong. I know you have a couple hours with them a week, but you should have them back in your loving arms. So I want to thank you both for coming on and being so transparent, for sharing me with me everything that you did to share with me to be able to bring you on air again this story has been shared far and wide, but not far enough and not wide enough. And we do need, uh, and it will continue to be shared until justice is served. So I, I want to thank you both very much for, for coming on with us tonight. And we'll get you back on when uh, we're back on air after this season in January, okay, after the holiday season. And uh, where we all need a little bit of respite, and we hope that you can breathe and go easy in the meantime and enjoy and cherish, as I'm sure you do, every precious second that you do with your children. I want to thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB-FM. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told in conjunction tonight with Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed. Please keep an eye on our pages because we're not going to wait until after the new year to promote and to share and to show more about this story. Good night, everybody, and God bless. Good night, Mom.